As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we're talking men's and women's college hoops and NBA, including my personal, my guys, the Baylor Bears, coming off a big win on Tuesday night. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Wow, I don't know why my cadence is all jacked up. I, just, I need some water. <laughs> all right, I'm Monica McNutt. Uh, along with my co-host, King McClure, who is basking in the glow of a big Baylor win over West Virginia on Tuesday. How are things in Texas? You know, I don't really care about things in Texas generically. Talk to me about your Bears, King. Man, I'm so excited. Um, that's so big for the program. It's the first one in history. Uh, so just, I mean, it's a big moment for everybody who's ever played in a, uh, in a Baylor uniform. Especially me, just because I, a lot of those guys were there my senior year. And I basically like kind of like raised them in a sense. Like I was like, oh my god, here you go, <laughs> <laughs> here so, you so, go. So in a sense, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like a proud father right now, honestly. <laughs> you know what else happens when you feel like a proud father? It means that you're washed and you're now on the dark side and no longer a part of the squad. Monica, I tell you this all the time. Don't get it twisted. I will still go get buckets. I just want you to know where you where you stand now. I'm sure that you can, but those buckets will be on the media all-star team. You're going to play on my team because I believe you. Um, okay, so we got a ton to get to, but I do want to stay with Baylor really quickly. Here's what my takeaway from that game is people are not talking about West Virginia enough. In fact, the question posed to me on Wednesday for Around the Horn as we were preparing was the Baylor win a bigger deal than the Illinois win? Illinois obviously handed Michigan a backside on a platter um pretty big beat down which one of those two was a bigger win king uh, take your bias out if you can okay so i i was doing a texas iowa state game last night i think we talked about this this morning when you called me or texted me on something i facetimed you and i was in the bed but anyways <laughs> <Pick up. laughs> anyways um I, I i actually posed this question like to my play-by-play guy i said so baylor just beat west virginia so that's two versus six at West Virginia, but Illinois beat uh, Michigan four. I mean, two versus four. Illinois is number four. So does Baylor? I mean, not Baylor, but does Illinois jump Baylor in the polls? Because not only did they win, but they won by like twenty plus. Like they dominated that game. So Baylor was supposed to beat based off the numbers, based off the rankings. They're supposed to beat. Um, West Virginia, I don't know why I'm tripping. It's supposed to be West Virginia. So 
I don't know. And me personally, I think the Illinois win was a bigger win in a sense of they dominated the team who was supposed to be in their own top tier with Gonzaga and Baylor. So I think that was a more impressive win in my opinion. Okay. This is literally parsing hairs, as they say, because the margin and the difference between the two results is so thin. I agree with you that that was a big time victory for Illinois, especially without DeSumo. But I also lean into Michigan had a fart day. And I know you said, how do you not show up for a top five matchup? I think it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it happens. I think that was a, an outlier of a performance for Michigan. Illinois was super focused. That performance was fantastic, but I don't, but I don't buy that that's sustainable, especially without IO, right? On the flip side, to me, the Baylor-West Virginia game mirrors what we're preparing for in the madness of March, whether it be conference tournament or NCAA tournament. You're going to have to grit it out down the stretch. Overtime game, Jarrett fouls out. Baylor still finds a way. And I am of the side that people aren't talking about West Virginia enough. So I think for me, that win has a little bit more weight. Well, so here's my thing. I think it's I, I got two points to say to that. Number one, it is March. You're the number two team in the country. There's no way in the world that you just don't come prepared for a top five matchup because that, okay. that's, that's what you're going to see in the tournament, especially when you get to Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, uh, and definitely past that. I mean, you're going to see those matchups. There's no way you get up for it. You don't get up for those matchups. My second point, which plays out the first point, is if you don't get up for those matchups right now in the beginning of March, who's to say you're going to get up for them in the end of March when the tournament's coming? Okay, so my my only counter to that is you're right. Your window for fart opportunities is very small at this point. So that's your last hiccup coming down a stretch of a regular season in a game that worst case scenario takes you maybe out of position to win the regular season title and doesn't cost you what a tournament loss early or an NCAA tournament loss early would cost you. That's all I'm saying. I think fatigue is real at this point in the season, especially in a COVID year, which again, makes the Baylor win that much more spectacular because they came off that long pause, had a loss, had a win, had a big win. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, all right, fair enough. We uh, pick different outcomes when it comes to those two games, but both terrific college basketball games. Well, one was better than the other in terms of competitiveness. The other was just a flat out great display by the Illini. All right. Um, we jumped topics a little bit, but we're going to go back to Big East News Conference near and dear to my heart. Uh, been around Coach McDermott, Creighton men's and women's basketball at different points. He has come under fire, mm. I hate that phrase, but it's accurate, mm. for a comment he made in the locker room. He was forthright about it, and now some cynics may say that he put out his statement in order to beat any reports that may have been leaked out of the locker room. Um, but basically, he apologizes for making a reference that used the plantation. Guys, we got to all stay on the plantation and keep working. I'm paraphrasing. He said immediately after he said it, he realized the egregious language, um, apologized. The part that makes my ear perk up a little bit is he says that he had never used that analogy before. And I genuinely spent Wednesday morning thinking if in the heat of a moment, have I used a new analogy? Not said things that I don't mean, but have I come up with a new analogy? Because we've all been hotheads, right? And maybe said things that you don't yeah. mean, but I haven't. And to my knowledge of myself, I don't use words that are not already in my vocabulary. And so my one comment was I would have rather him say, my grandmother used to say that, or somebody used to say it, 
And, and I realize now how insensitive it is. And my other takeaway was, this is why black history has to be a part of American history because it is American history. And the context of that word would be so much more painful if we didn't separate the two because there's still plantation weddings left and right in the South. Like what? Ew. <laughs> I actually I actually agree with you. I mean, I think, I think there's two ways you can look at this. I think first and foremost, um, he was wrong for saying that just because yeah. um, that's just super insensitive. And you have to know the times that we're in with everything going on, with everything, you know, that Black people have been fighting for, especially in the past year with COVID 2020, all that super insensitive, super untimely. Don't say that. Secondly, I, but I don't think he should lose his job behind it. I've heard some crazy stuff. People say, yeah, he needs to be fired. I don't think he needs to be fired for something like that. Suspended. Yeah, maybe like a game. But I, I don't think he had malicious intent when he said that. I just think he was super insensitive and just really wasn't thinking when he said that because of the times. But I don't think he had malicious intent. I don't think the guy is a racist guy. I don't think he's, you know, just that type of person. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a serious statement. Like, don't say the statement, but I don't think he had any type of malicious intent when he said that. So I may be suspended, but I don't, when people that say he should be fired, like, I don't think so. I, I, I definitely don't think so. Here's my my pushback on the suspension. And again, I made this point on Around the Horn on Wednesday. I think the suspension begin, then begins to punish the entire team. They're moving into the most critical part of their season. It already is enough of a distraction and hangs over their head as a cloud. Now we're down, not our best player, but our, our captain and our leadership of a coach. So the student athletes and the entire team has to pay for this mistake. I think more than anything, this has an opportunity to be an incredible teachable moment and we move forward. I don't know that I'm in on the suspension. I think if the players, I, correct me if I'm wrong, King, but I imagine this going, as soon as he said it, somebody was like, wait, what? And that's how he yeah. so, corrects himself. So if, if, if I was in the locker room and Coach Drew said something like this, number one, me being the captain, I'd make sure like nobody else would, like that would not get out. Like no matter what we do, that's not getting out because we don't want a situation like this. Number two, I'd be like, hey, coach, you realize what you just said, right? Like I'm right. gonna take him right there, and like not in a disrespectful way, but just let him know, coach. You you really can't say things like that because I think something, something happened. I forgot it wasn't with Coach Drew, but it was with some coach. I heard a story. My teammate, one of my friends, was telling me, and like th their coach said something. Oh, the situation with um the coach at TCU when he said when he said the N word. And basically how the TCU one, like that, that's completely different though. But basically how they- I was gonna say, wait. Yeah, basically how TCU <laughs> handled it though. The, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when he said it at first, um, the players like said, hey coach, we get what you're saying, but like, you can't say that. And this is why you cannot, this is why you cannot say that. But however, mm -hmm. one of the players leaked it because he was mad at coach. So he leaked it under like malicious intent, it. It was angry. Mm -hmm. But the players agreed internally that, hey, we're not going to let this get out. We understand this is a teachable moment. But I think that it's the same thing like with, with, with this. I think it can be a teachable moment. Like, hey, don't say this. However, I, I kind of agree with you. I Actually, I agree with you. I don't think you should be suspended for this. I don't. I, I, I just I think suspension is, is rough. That's unfair. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, you know, love the biggies. Val Ackerman and leadership. I'm sure uh, Creighton will serve will spin this to be a pop, not a positive, but a teachable moment. Let's continue to stick with that phrase. All right, we're keeping it moving. We talked Baylor and Michigan already. Um, let's jump over. Well, I guess the big question to you, basketball analyst. Hey, I'm looking at myself. 
<laughs> uh, should Michigan fall in the rankings? Like, where do you put Illinois? I know you asked that question to your play-by-play during the game call, but now I'm asking you. Hmm. I mean, if I'm... It, it, this is this is an interesting question because if I'm the committee, one, Illinois' win was more impressive. So Illinois being number 14, Baylor being number three, the win was more impressive. But Baylor has one loss on the season. Illinois has probably like four, probably around four. And Baylor beat Illinois in the head-to-head matchup early in the season. So because the one was more impressive, I would maybe move them up. But because Baylor has an overall better record and they won the head-to-head matchup, I think you got to move Baylor up to number two and Illinois number three. I'll probably drop Michigan down to four. Um, okay. Maybe four, maybe five, just because it was a horrible loss. But no, 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 probably no, 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 no further than four. Four for sure. Fair enough. I will say this year being AP voter on the women's side, rankings are hard. They're very hard. So if you ever get asked to be an AP voter, just know that it is hard. Um, Okay. We shall now spin over to the women's side just a bit. Um, Last weekend on the women's side, we saw off the top of my head, I think five, there may have been more unranked teams jump up and bite top 25 teams um we're getting ready for the NCAA tournament the ACC women's tournament actually starts tonight I'll be on air with ACC network the rest of the well starting Thursday tomorrow's Thursday yeah starting Thursday um Michelle Vopel poses a tremendous question asking if UConn freshman Paige Beckers is the player of the year Mm, Monica you just asked me so miss uh ACC slash ESPN analysts for the women's side and men's too, but specifically for the women's side, what you think? Um, I think it's hard to argue against her. I, I really do. And I'm thinking of some of the, the candidates. Ari McDonald from Arizona is on that list. Dana Evans of Louisville is on that list. Alyssa Kunane of NC State. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure Haley Jones of Stanford is on that list. Um, and then Aaliyah Boston of South Carolina. I think that rounds out like the top six. And those are teams that sort of corresponds to the rankings of those teams. So I, I, this is tough. Go ahead. I'm listening. Is, you know, I, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was super hyped coming in as far as like all the publicity, all the followers, everything that went along with her name is the player of the year more so a, um, you know, a hype award in this case, or is it, legit has she actually proven that she's that good so it depends on your formula i think i think she is 100 proven she is that good and belongs in this conversation and to me off the top of my head i of the players that i just listed i don't know that anyone means more to their team as a freshman now i don't know that i should penalize dana evans from Louisville for being a senior because without dana evans at louisville louisville's like just not a thing i think dana one more time. And she back to back player of the year. Uh, ACC player of the year. Yeah, ACC player. Of we're year. talking. We're talking Naismith National Player of the Year now, though. Um, I think Dana is my closest comp. I think Dana is between Dana, pa- Dana and Paige for me. Um, but what Paige has done and bringing her team to number one and holding number one down the stretch of the season, man, I, I just. 
Yeah, I mean, she definitely has every right to be in the conversation, and, and I'm I'm leaning toward, yeah, it's her it's her award, and now I'm trying to separate the hype, like you just pointed out, King. But man, I, I yeah, yeah. I am I saying this right? Am I is is Paige my player of the year? Ah, I think that's what you're saying. Do I think UConn is better than Louisville? I think UConn is better than Louisville. And Dane is, a, I, I, I think so. I guess Paige would be my player of the year. Hmm. Wow, look at that. So, so, so as a follow-up to that question, you know, normally when you, when I look at women's basketball, because I follow men's more, when I look at women's basketball, I feel like I can go place a $100 bet with how much money I have in my pocket at that time. Balling? I can go, <laughs> go place a bet on one team to win the championship and I'm probably going to win that money, right? So this year, I feel like I can't do that. I feel like I cannot place a bet on one team. So is this gonna, is this kind yeah. of sort of in a sense the most anticipated women's tournament that you've seen in a while? Well, I think two things are happening. One in particular, and I think the men's side can relate to. We got robbed of the tournament last year. Mm. And so it seemed like NC State, which had won their first ACC championship in in the tournament, and I believe they were a regular season. I think Louisville might have been regular season champs. Um, they were poised to be a name that we are not accustomed to seeing since the early 90s in the women's championship. I mean, we would have had Oregon led by Serena Unescu last year. Um, Louisville had Jasmine Jones and um, Kylie Shook, not just Dana. So I think there's a lot of excitement, and I've been tossing this question back and forth to my fellow women's hoopers and women's hoops watchers is this year the most parody we've seen or is it a byproduct of COVID? Hmm. And I think both of those, there's room for both of those in that conversation. Um, there's a lot of talent that is more dispersed than I think we've seen in a long time. The SEC is really good and it's not necessarily just Tennessee at the top, right? Texas A&M is up to three or two in the rankings, I believe. They're, they are tremendous. Ooh, yeah. Two up, up to two in the rankings. And they are, they're a team that has just steadily gotten better every week. And now look, you look and they're in uh, the number two spot. So we are seeing some names that we're not accustomed to seeing. Um, I would say there's a lot of hype around this tournament and there's a lot of names to get hype about that have some staying power too. So I, I think that's fair to say. Mm, well, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, because I like parody. Parody is good. Parody is excellent. Parody is what we need in sports. So I'm watching for sure. Okay. But as we're watching our conference tournaments, women start this week, men's will start next week. Between that, this weekend, we got a big event. What's this weekend? <laughs> oh, I thought you were listening for the baby. All Star Weekend. Oh, yeah. All Star Weekend is this weekend, which I think is just absolutely a little bit absurd but it is a good weekend looking for um yeah i so to, again i keep referencing around the horn we have great producers that ask great thoughtful questions um should we be playing i guess is the base question but it actually spun in our conversation so should lebron go and what that would mean um if lebron didn't go what would it, what would it mean what would it mean like i think he's the first domino to fall and a bunch of players being like yeah no i'm good yeah, if LeBron doesn't go, then you're probably not gonna have an All Star Weekend. Um, or, or, or what's gonna happen is you're gonna have like <laughs> you're gonna have like uh, Devin Booker. <laughs> not even Devin Booker. You probably have like Harrison Barnes playing an All Star. Game. Um, I will say 
I'm of the camp that athletes have never been more empowered than they are right now. And if LeBron don't want to go, he should do what he got to do and let the chips fall where they may. However, Jackie McMullen, being the astute and esteemed journalist that she is, made the great point about the money involved um, and how the players share the revenue of the game. Spin the money part forward. All-Star Weekend is set to benefit HBCUs and each team will be awarded donations for beneficiaries through the All-Star Game. That part of it is huge and we love that part for sure. Yeah, I, I think just because of that part right there, then they're going to go and they're going to partake in it. I think if that wasn't a factor, I don't think they should. I, nah, hell no. Nah. Like, there's no point. There's no fans. Like, so what's the point? You're going to have a, are they, are they having the, the broadcasting? Day? Broadcasting it is the point. Yeah, are they having a You know it's gonna be fans somewhere in Atlanta, even if they're not in the arena. There's gonna be groupies all the way around that. <laughs> I was using the word fans, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a whole bunch of women out there that's going to be thirsty trying to whatever they do. I, I have no idea. I don't They'll be thirsty in a pandemic. It's not safe. Look, it's not safe to do a lot of things. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello. Um People are doing them anyway. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, the Hawks fired Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce this week, halfway through the season. He will be replaced by assistant coach Nate McMillan, who has many years as a head coach in the league. We remember him in Indiana. Um, I didn't know Lloyd Pierce. I had a couple different group texts going that had mixed emotions about this. Uh, one joke was, of course, they wait till Black History Month is over to hire to fire the black man. <laughs> <laughs> they did they did bring back another black man they did move up another black true. man. so shout out to the atlanta hawks for having two black head coaches in the past you know year shout mm -hmm. out to them doing that um because that that that's that's important and that's 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 legit so yeah for sure mm, i don't know if i like how we got to two black head coaches but whatever here we are uh Atlanta has a lot of issues, and I don't think that Pierce is at the root of them. Bruce, reporter Bruce, producer Bruce, I think you had a little bit of insight on some of the happenings in Atlanta. Yeah, apparently uh, Trey Young has not been a fan of Coach Pierce or ex-Coach Pierce for quite some time. Uh, Pierce apparently was one of these coaches that would pretend he was listening to his players' concerns, but he didn't really follow up on him or he didn't or he kind of disregarded him uh john collins who is a really really good dude and a really talented player also had some issues apparently um he you know at one point might have been last year he was asking about you know you ever going to call a play for me or whatever and pierce basically said uh you're selfish so that's really a good thing to tell a young up-and-coming player who's known to be a really good guy that's like and uh there were, you know, there was some concern that Cam Reddish's development hasn't been that great, but uh, the guy they brought in or moved up, Nate McMillan, should never have been fired from Indiana last year. This guy's been a head coach for 16 years in the NBA, right? He had a 12-year playing career, so he's been around the NBA for 30 years. He'll do a fine job. I mean, he's he's a great coach. I remember uh, George Carl, who coached him in Seattle when when George when Nate was still a player. He said that Nate McMillan by far was the best teammate on any team he's ever coached. So here's a guy who's all about the team, a mature voice, um, a guy who shouldn't have lost his job last year. So while I'm sad for Lloyd Pierce, cause he did a lot of great work during the social justice times over the past year, he was very vocal about it. Uh, got a lot of praise from people over it. 
Nate McMillan's a terrific guy. So I think Atlanta is going to do fine. Well, there's a lot for head coaches to deal with from all of that. And while I don't know, I don't know that I would have necessarily immediately leaned into all of those players requests. Again, we're in the era of player empowerment. So player relationships certainly matter clearly, clearly, clearly. They say it's a player's league, right? There you go. So this week on Who's Tripping, my great state of Texas decided to do um, something that they thought was in the best interest for the state. Our governor, Greg Abbott, decided to allow businesses to open back up to 100% capacity, and he lifted the mask mandate. Hmm. Greg Abbott. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I heard a joke that said um <laughs> Greg Abbott is the number one killer in uh in Texas, in the state of Texas right now. And that's honestly the, the realest thing out there because that's absolutely crazy. When only four percent of Texans are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So 96% of the people who live in Texas are not vaccinated, and you want to open up everything. Monica, y'all not doing this in the DMV, huh? No, we're not. And hold on one second. I just want to hear my statement on this. See, the only person that was there upon the show to listen to herself. Dude, it's so much. It's a lot of pressure. It's a it's a big time show. We were talking about this McDermott thing. The Big East has always had my back. I didn't want to throw them under the bus, but I was trying to make a point. It was a delicate dance. And I feel like I started talking fast. I just got a couple of texts from some people that I love that said that was really outstanding. So no, Monica um, is the only person I know. <laughs> this is how big time Monica gets. She just paused the show, everybody, to sit there and listen to her line on edit this out. <laughs> Yeah, she's going to ask, no, King, King, she's going to say, oh, I think the producer can probably clean that up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it never happened. Like, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't what? just kind of call a timeout. And you were out of timeouts. That's a technical foul. And then she's going to ask Bruce to edit it out. Like, we're just going to edit it out. No, you're going to, you will get exposed for this. And we will, <laughs> people will see how you big time was. That's what happens. Yeah. I am not big timing you guys. I'm still here. It just so happens we're recording at the time the show goes to air. Like, geez, it's only my fourth show. Let me enjoy it a little bit. Gosh. Okay. Anyway. King, 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 King. D V R. Oh. You know how wow. to spell that? <laughs> hey, you know what? I scratch everything I said. Who's <laughs> Monica? Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is tripping this week. <laughs> Hey King, King, when 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 you're the queen, you get to do that. Thank you guys. When, Thank when, you. When, our our queen, our queen gets to do that. Thank oh, you. you can do that. Okay. Uh, on a serious note, yeah, Abbott is 100% tripping. I actually am coming to Texas next week. I will be double masking, and if we link up, we need to be somewhere outside, safe. I don't, Texas is a wild place. Texas is a very wild place. That was dope. <laughs> It's time to wrap this thing up for the week. Thanks to our super producer and insider with NBA Insight, Bruce Bernstein, and our editor, 
Kristen Woolley. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. This week, Mike Wise has the legendary Bob Ryan, who has been covering the NBA for 50 years for the Boston Globe and ESPN and hates the three-point shot, as he announced last week. Um, full Court with Fisher and Kay has Kevin Palga, who explains what the NCAA looks at when they create the brackets. Ooh, that's interesting. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Bruce, who fills in for Aaron, has J.A. Adande and Jack McCollum discussing their latest project on the 2008 Olympic team that Kobe and LeBron led to the gold medal. B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday, and I'm back with King next Thursday for another edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Okay, okay, okay. Our big hope for this year is that every person on the planet gets the COVID vaccine so that we can put an end to this pandemic. However, we are not there yet, so please protect yourself and others by wearing your mask. If you live in Texas, please still wear your mask. Don't listen to these idiots that we have who are running this this state. Don't, don't be crazy. Be Use common sense because they do not use common sense. Please wash your hands and keep your distance and keep being considerate. Do not forget your medical professionals when you say your prayers because they are truly the heroes of America. And don't forget teachers as well. So until next week, Monica, who's tripping, you might as well go ahead and finish it. And I'm not tripping. That's the, we can't end it like that. Can you please say it again without the who's tripping part? My bad. So until next week, Monica, who's big time. Wow, we're just not going to be able to do this today. Until next week, while King keeps trying to play me, enjoy all. We got so, so much good basketball. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.